During the 1960s, the United States and its allies believed they were engaged in a struggle for the very existence of the free world. The Soviet Union seemed to be spreading its influence all across the Asian continent and into parts of Western Europe, and seemed poised to take the leap across the Atlantic. For the Kennedy administration, its problem was an island nation just 103 miles from U.S. soil. In Cuba, despite multiple efforts to stem the red tide, communism had taken root. The government of the United States feared that if the fledgling communist government was left to its own devices, then the rest of South and Central America could fall to the Soviets just like well-stacked dominoes. In order to stop the Latin American countries from getting ideas, the U.S. was dead set on trying to dislodge Fidel Castro's communist regime by any means possible, even if that meant fabricating an event to justify the invasion of Cuba. How could the U.S. start a war with Cuba? What possible justifications were on the table? What kinds of snakes sound like AK-47s? This case file, the theorists bring the conspiracy heat to Havana on Operation Northwoods. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 95, Operation Northwoods. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. I'm Andrew. Wow, well, another another excellent intro, and everyone said Nailed the name. It. Flawless execution. <laughs> We're bringing back uh, where in the uh, little segment where in the world is Mister Conspiracy? He's had enough of Australia. He's out. He's out. Uh, Mr. Conspiracy is heading back to Canada April 8th. So he's, uh, if you, you have limited time to see him in Australia. So message him if you want to go for a beer. But Where is he's he in Australia? on his way out. I don't know. Some like, some place that's got a lot of ooze, like a lot of O's in it. and Humpty Doo. Do I don't know one Some of the kangaroos, kangaroo, crocodiles, much of that bullshit. Yeah, one of those places. It's hard to <laughs> yeah. keep track of him now. I uh, he just sold the, he sold the van. I oh, oh I thought he I seen a picture of it, it was like on a on a flat deck. I thought it broke down and he said fuck fuck the van or something. But he actually, well, <laughs> he just sold. sold he sold the conspiracy machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gone. <laughs> Let me tell you how much research was done in there. Zero. About three three <laughs> cards yeah. worth. Bunch of full of a bunch of fucking blank uh, key cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of thinking Unsolved. going on in there, but yeah. No re- no real research. All right, let's get into some space news. What do we got for space news? Solar farms in space. Could be renewable energy's next frontier. Um, China wants to put a solar power station in orbit by 2050, and it is currently building a test facility to find the best way to send power 
back to the ground. That's cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Like sending a big energy beam from space down to Earth. Yeah. I yeah, told maybe. you guys that is the James Bond plot. <laughs> like that is a plot from James Bond. It's directly from that movie with Halle, with the one with Halle Berry. Huh. Which one's the one with Which Halle Berry? Uh, die another day. That's Diamonds not, are forever. No. No. Die another. Die another day. <laughs> die another day with Halle Berry and oh, the, Madonna did the song, and they built a giant space laser that was supposed to be like a solar power satellite thing but then it was it project icarus or something and the guy was like yeah hey cool come look at my giant solar beam death ray and yeah that was it so you're telling me it was project icarus and it didn't turn out that's that's shocking exactly i'm well i mean it works but then fucking james got in the way that prick always shutting it down unlimited solar power so spacex launched its crew dragon spaceship Yep. Uh, it docked with the ISS on March 3rd, and there was the first ever crime in space. Uh, NASA astronauts stole Little Earthy from SpaceX, a $20 plush toy planet. Um, they stole it from inside the Crew Dragon spaceship and kept it for themselves. That was bastards. Wow. Astronauts are jerks. Yeah, so jerks. they sent they sent it sent it back. Empty-handed. There was no money aboard, so it was stolen. So just there's now a stolen plush toy. So, so this is a first space burglary <laughs> yeah. noted. Yeah, that we know of. I'm sure there's a lot of shady shit going on up there. Uh, they've been taking Ooh. great pictures of the. They've been like strapping the little Earth doll into seats and like train, like training it, putting it through training. <laughs> it's pretty funny. They got a bunch of great pictures uh, up. You can see it. Little earthy floating around uh, on NASA's Twitter and stuff. So, so yeah. funny one. They got him in in breathing masks, all sorts of ones. He's uh, they got him in in dust masks, doing work, working at computers, um, doing some exercise with little headband on. Looks like he's lifting weights there. So it's really good science going on up there. Really good science, yeah. <laughs> This is what my tax In other news, are paid for. astronauts slowly losing their mind of boredom. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. This other space news is fucking garbage that I had. I'm not on, even say on that same on that it's same garbage. space news, that same crew dragon thing touched down just on March eighth here, and. That's pretty much it. Successfully, yeah, it yeah. did make it back, back, right? All complete, all uh, intact. How long do we send up people now? You think? I'm sure there's gonna be a few more tests on that that same same type of craft, and then I guess pretty much ready to go. I think they're saying 2020. Get someone up there. They they've done enough test flights. Let's, let's go for it. I mean, they put that they put the uh, they had that sensor dummy that went all the way up, and I think everything went fine. So I think they're ready to put people up, and everything was automated, so it's not like they have to do any work. So I think they're ready to put people up there. That's awesome. Super cool. I got one quick space news here. Remember when we talked about the first time they identified those gravity waves? Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing, LIGO, it's called, is getting an upgrade, some type of quantum quantum technique they're upgrading it with, and it's going to be finding, I guess, these gravity waves weekly instead of just like once or twice a year kind of thing. Oh, that's awesome. So just the fir- first step to harnessing gravity waves as a source of power. It doesn't say that, but that's, that's what I'm saying. 
<laughs> it doesn't say that, but that's the direction it's going. It could be. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. You know, come back in a couple hundred years. We're it, harnessing once, gravity power. Yeah, once a hundred, a couple hundred more years, and we're still broadcasting from our robot bodies. <laughs> yep. Heads in a jar. I don't know about you guys. I'll be oh, heads in a jar in a giant destructor robot. <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking Nixon bot from yeah. uh, from oh, Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anyone else got any space news? Negative. Negative. Got some other news. If you didn't know already, if you don't know, now you know. We're going to AlienCon. Uh, we have a panel. We're not sure the time. <laughs> Details <laughs> yeah. to follow. Details to follow. We're going. We're going to be there. Hold off on buying your tickets. We're still waiting for our promo code uh, to give to our fans. Yeah, I don't, so I don't just, know why it's taking so long. We should have it, yeah, we should have it right away. But Yeah, we'll message them this week and maybe pressure them a little bit. If, it, if we have it by the time you listen to this, I'll put a little, I'll put something in there. We'll make sure we'll make sure you know, we'll make sure you know. But we've been uh, we've been saying we can bring at least fifteen people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to beat the, the Star Wars panel from last year. That had ten people. We got to beat yeah. that. You do a head count. We want to do Is it. There ten people. I, I didn't do a head I, count. I, but I, that's my guess. I don't even know 15. if there was ten people. I, I'd be generous. It's probably about fifteen. <laughs> yeah, so we can do six. Well, I think we can do fifteen. I think when Dan took over the mic, there were a few more people. <laughs> hey, They're like, "Oh, this guy sounds like he's talking about. He knows yeah. what he's talking about." Some. But yeah, so it's going to be a fun weekend. We're going to be there. It's going to be an absolute blast. So if you've been humming and hawing on it, get on it. We'll send the promo code soon. If you don't want to wait, you don't have to wait. I don't know how much you'll save with our promo code. But uh, yeah, we'll see you all there. Hopefully we can get a pretty good turnout. It's going to be awesome. We'll have some t-shirts and some swag to give away anyways, too. Well, yeah, well, I, I'll have my, the t-shirt cannon. Be blasting that, yeah. people. For sure. <laughs> they're, pr- they're probably going to shut that down. We'll have to just toss them. Yeah, not going not, not, not to let me walk in with my backpack-powered fucking cannon. <laughs> we have, we'll see, we'll rig some up. I still have my old paintball gun, but then we have to get the CO2 down there. Uh, it's going to be a big thing. We'll do something. Slingshot, you know, we'll, we'll get something. Just, um, just ha- toss them out gently. Let's uh, fire up the randomatron. Yep. Set it to fan stories. Dialed in. And we're thinking at it right now. Fan submission. Wow, listen to that baby purr. Unbelievable. I've been working on it. <laughs> um, yeah, she's really tuned in there. Sounds good. Still running well maintained. Running smooth. Mm-hmm. Um I got a I got a story in here. I don't know if it's he doesn't say if we can use his name, so I'm just gonna call him Mr. Parks. Mr. Parks. Mr. Parks. Uh here's his story. Okay, my UFO story. I'll keep it brief. It sounds a little crazy, but I have no reason to make it up. This is what made me a firm believer in UFOs. Whether or not what I saw was an ET or man-made, I don't I do not know. 
I did not take any pictures, nor did the friend that witnessed this with me. We were too shocked by what we were witnessing. Both of these events happened within a few days of each other, around the same time, and in the same general area. Me and my best friend Sam, around 18, 19 at the time, were sitting in his truck late one night, talking, hanging out, and probably smoking a little herb. But I assure you, the herb did not make us see what we saw. It was real. <laughs> I like that. So that's a period between, I thought it was going to continue on to something else. It was, just, it was real. <laughs> period. As we were talking, I noticed this bizarre shaped craft in the sky with deep red lights. Instantly, I recognized this was not a plane or a helicopter. I said something along, along the lines of, dude, what the fuck is that? We both just froze and started watching it. My eyes started getting teary with excitement, amazement, and maybe a little fear. Am I really seeing this? I'm actually seeing a UFO, I thought to myself. The craft did the usual stereotypical UFO stuff, that is, hovering around the sky, going whatever direction it wanted to, before finally just disappearing. We turned to each other and just were overwhelmed. Neither of us were really scared, just amazed. We kind of laughed about it and said things along the lines of, dude, we totally just saw a UFO. And I was made a firm believer. Fast forward a couple nights, and this is where it starts sounding a little crazy. But I swear, it happened again. Or, sorry, I swear it happened. We're hanging out again, and we decide to take a drive down to the gas station and pick up some smokes. As we're driving, we pass this house, and directly beside this house was a large field, which had nothing planted in it yet, as this all took place late winter, early spring. As we pass this field, we take a quick glance over and notice a huge ring of red lights in the field. We don't stop to take a look, we just drive faster because if it is the same thing we saw in the sky, we aren't trying to get involved with it as it's obviously landed. Again, we were both absolutely amazed. It could have been anyone out in that field because it was so late. Or it couldn't have been anyone out in that field because it was so late in the evening and who wants to be working that late and in that weather? We made it to the gas station but did not see it again on our way back. We still occasionally discuss these events and both of us still think it was absolutely incredible. I personally feel lucky to have witnessed it. I don't think either of us really share it with a lot of people. Because we know it sounds crazy. That's my UFO story. That's cool. Thank you. Uh, thanks for that, Mr. Parks. Mr. Parks. Ex- excellent, uh, excellent UFO story. You got your own UFO story. Send it in. We'll dial it up into the Randomtron, and uh, maybe we'll read it on air. We love hearing uh, other people's UFO stories, paranormal stories, ghost stories, ghoul stories, or just if you have a, just an overall good story. Send it in. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's get to the topic at hand. Operation. Northwoods. You say it so friendly, but. 
Not Southwoods. <laughs> yeah. Northwoods. Yeah. The best of the woods. Talk about your so, government government having your back. This this one is crazy. And as you start to research this one, I find there's there's more on a lot of other subjects. Because this isn't a conspiracy. This actually happened. Mm-hmm. People just cite like there's not really like conspiracy wise anything to talk about it, but they go from this as being a pointer to a lot of other conspiracies later on down the road. Yeah, there's it's there's a history of false flags like throughout all of human history, really. Like Dan will know this, but didn't it didn't it like the idea of false flag? Doesn't it come from like pirates where they used to, you know, sail with uh, friendly flags until they'd get close enough to another ship, and then they'd switch their flag to a pirate flag and invade. That that probably yeah, where the term right. false flag comes from. It's, I mean, it sounds very. <laughs> that's what I, that, when I was doing a little bit of research. That's what I heard. That's what I, I was hoping you were going to set the tone by doing the fucking story in your Steve the Pirate voice. Operation <laughs> Northwoods. Be a Mr. Park. Be great yar. success, yar. <laughs> um, Dan, let's get into it. Dan, what what's Operation Northwoods about? What do we got going on here? Well, Operation Northwoods falls under the umbrella of what was known as Operation Mongoose. And Operation Mongoose was pretty much the Kennedy and during the Kennedy administration in the early 1960s, Operation Mongoose was like the ongoing planning, really, or like the anticipation of uh, or continuing operations of trying to subvert and um, bring down the government of like the communist government of Cuba. They were trying to overthrow the government of Cuba. So under operation mongoose, um, there were a tons of other kinds of ideas. Operation Northwoods was one of them, but there are a couple other, there were probably at least like 20 ideas and it was pretty much just an effort by the joint. It was pretty much, uh, well, I'd say it's a joint effort by a bunch of different agencies, including the CIA uh, the United States, like information agency, the DOD, and the United States Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, Department of Justice was in on it at some point. Um, so it had a lot of players in it. There's a lot of political players in it, but it was pretty much all of these organizations kind of coming together and trying to figure out a way to overthrow the and get Cuban rid of those government. fucking communists, and, and not just overthrow, but like from my reading is like start a war with Cuba. Well, yeah, to, to, they were trying to figure out a way to justify an invasion and then, well, a takeover of Cuba and then an installation of a democratic government, which is something that the Americans had been doing for a long time. Like this was, this is the 1960s. And at this point, um, uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but, uh, right after world war two, uh, a lot of, a lot of the stuff that happened in Italy, if you go back and see like the the political unrest that happened in Italy, there is like uh, a big schism between the Catholic Church and how they were going to function in Italy versus what was an up and coming communist party. And there was a lot of intervention in there by, well, the CIA and American, uh, well, really just American money and investment kind of went into it and that was kind of the the proving ground for the idea of what how America wanted to go forward in uh combating communism 
you know, this was kind of the prototype for the Cold War. We don't we don't want to open conflict. We just want to be able to, you know, stand toe to toe with them or stop them from taking over the political stage. So crazy. And establishing like a legitimate government. A legitimate so, government. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, at least, at least we know that they're good at choosing names of operations because Operation Mongoose is probably the coolest fucking name I've ever Your favorite, heard. favorite I, ever. That was funny probably because that's best. also, um, that was Andrew's coach's, uh, that was the Operation Mongoose was to give, make sure Andrew got that nickname and make up that story the whole so we could justify getting a mongoose tattoo. <laughs> right. It's all this. Operation Mongoose. Yeah. <laughs> Great it was success. All part of the plan. Now he's yeah, got it. It worked. Um, Hell yeah. So in this meeting, what were what were some of the things they were discussing? What were like how were they going to justify overthrowing this government that really other than idea like their ideology, they weren't posing a real threat to like attacking the states. I mean, Cuba's tiny. Right. And Fidel Castro was of the idea that he didn't want to start anything with the United States. He was pretty keen, uh, whether it was a result of perhaps communist information or their intelligence leaked to him. He knew kind of what game the U S was playing. And, the U.S. also kind of knew this as well. They knew that they weren't just going to jump into a uh, into a war, and they knew Cuba wasn't going to break out into civil war anytime soon. Uh, a lot of the intelligence services had already pretty much made it a point uh, in their advisory to uh, advise the president, knowing that the exiles who had fled Cuba and were kind of – they were going to be – what the U.S. considered like, okay, you guys are the rightful, you know, people of Cuba, and we want to be able to build a resistance off of you. But um, they couldn't because they knew that there were no, there were no genuine charismatic leaders of like an anti-communist movement. There were no groups or or persons in that group of Cuban exiles that could. They knew they weren't going to be able to build a a resistance around them. So they were trying to find different ways to, to justify a war. Yeah. To win the public's like confidence in going to war. Yeah. Right. We needed a, a, what was it? The Lusitania. Like we needed something. uh, That was one. one? The sinking of the Lusitania. Right. Yeah. 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 We needed something to galvanize the people to justify our war, to say that, okay, um, you know, they attacked us. You know, we needed a Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. basically, oh, to justify our war to getting in there. But we couldn't get one because Cuba wasn't going to attack us because Fidel Castro is not a complete moron. You know, yeah, yeah, one, I, one I, side at this point, he must have known he was public enemy number one. Well, right and, after the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, right? and any, any act of aggression, they're going to just steamroll the whole country. Right. And Fidel Castro knew that. So um, and the U.S. knew that he knew that. So the whole Operation Mongoose, well, not really Operation Mongoose. That, that's a bunch of other things. But Operation Northwoods and, you know, in particular was the the plan or a couple of plans of how to 
start a war. I wanted to make it look like Cuba was starting a war with the U.S. This, that whole idea seems so fucking nuts to me. Just that, that sentence right there. Like, we got to fake this to the people so we can do it. Like, it just... What? It's been, like like Dan said, it's been going on forever. forever. The fucking Nazis were pros of that shit. Like Operation Himmler and and when they burnt the Reichstag. Yeah, there's like, there's like dozens and dozens of proven false flag events over the last, like modern history of the last like 150 years. And this is just... Totally. Right. And up to this point, America had mostly been active in, well, there's a lot of stuff that we did in Italy where we kind of tested things out on how to take control of elections, like meddling in elections, um, funding political parties, uh, also funding uh, terrorist groups and trying to make it look like these terrorist groups are part of another, uh, a certain political party to uh, make them, make the public see them in a certain light to make them see the, uh, Mm -hmm. see them as the enemy, the communists as the enemy. And they'd also been kind of doing this thing where we'd been installing dictators in South America, you know, democratic, democratically elected uh, governments in South America. So uh, Cuba was just really important because mostly because of its proximity to the United States. Right. And it's, it's their relative closeness with the USSR. Okay, and let's not let's not let's not forget that this was classified for like till when from sixty two to like nineteen ninety eight, and then like a full release in two thousand one. No, no one even knew anything about this really. I think some of it came out during the it came out during the JFK uh, like Files Act. Um, or exactly when that was? I thought that was like in the seventies, um, where parts of it came out. No, oh, yeah. And not all of it. 97 was the JFK Assassination Records Review Board. Right, right, right. Yeah, it says yeah, first nice, coming to light in the year 2000 through a Freedom of Information Act request. So relatively recent, just around yeah. the time of 9-11, pretty much. Just, just before. Right before. Yeah. Right. Now, so some of the things that were they were going to do, it's documented. A series of well-coordinated incidents will be planned to take place in and around uh, Guantanamo to give genuine appearance of being done by hostile Cuban forces and to est- incidents to establish a credible attacks were listed as this. These were uh, some of their ideas. Uh, start rumors in brackets, many <laughs> use, use clandestine radio um, to land friendly Cubans in uniform over the fence to stage attack on base uh, three, capture Cuban-friendly saboteurs inside the base. Start riots near the base main gate with friendly Cubans. Blow up ammunition inside the base. Start fires. Uh, burn aircrafts on base. Uh, sabotage. Lob mortar shells from outside base into base. Capture assault teams approaching from the sea or vicinity of Guantanamo City. Capture militia group which storms base, sabotage ship in a harbor, large fires, um, sink ship near harbor entrance, conduct funerals for mock victims. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a couple of really good ones. Um, there's three in particular that I really liked uh, while I was doing research. Uh, there was one. Uh, well, there's there's three good examples of kind of the operations that they're running. One of them, these ones are, they kind of go from feasible to non-feasible. First one is operation free ride, 
which was they were going to create unrest you just take among it the easy? Cuban. <laughs> yeah. Take it easy. <laughs> Uh, they were going to, they were, the idea was to drop uh, one way or valid one way airline tickets, Pan American or KLM one way airline tickets. And they would be good for passage to Mexico City, Caracas, or any of the cities outside uh, of the US. So people could get out of, you know, you could just fly people out of Cuba. Another one was called Operation Dirty Trick. <laughs> Best, the best names. Um, this one, this one dictated that if the Mercury manned orbit flight should fail, uh, they were going to go ahead and provide irrevocable proof that it was the Cubans' fault. I don't know how you would prove that. Oh. Yeah, it's this little island for yeah. They caused they caused manned orbital missions to fail. I don't know how you would go about blaming them for that, but that's what that was the idea. But the best one, the best one, this one's real great. And it's kind of what I think it's it's along the lines of ones that Braden's were talking about. But this one's called Operation Bingo. And it was an incredibly complex plan or they said it was a really complex plan. And they're like, this, there's no way that this is going to work. But somebody came up with the idea that uh, in order to uh, to affect an attack on Guantanamo Bay, they were going to. They were going to supply a large number of snakes to be placed outside the base. <laughs> Noise provided by these snakes would simulate an actual firefight and presumably mislead the base into thinking it was being attacked. <laughs> so, like, ra- the, like rattlesnakes or just like hissing I, snakes? It doesn't specify what type of thing. Dude, that would be so many snakes. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking snakes. That's <laughs> so many snakes. Um, that's unbelievable. That's, that's the best one. Operation Bingo. That's a really good one. <laughs> How is that? So, you know why? It's because the guy who fucking came up with that when they're sitting at the round table, he's like, what if we drop snakes and they all hiss? And then someone in the most sarcastic voice was like, bingo. Thanks for that one. The fucking idiot. <laughs> thanks for that. Jeff. We'll call that Great Operation idea. Bingo. Really? Yeah. You fucking idiot. <laughs> You go ahead and go get those snakes yeah. together, Jeff. Round them up. God, fucking you, Jeff. You got to <laughs> feel for you, you got to feel for Jeff because you know Jeff kind of just like shyly put that out there to his buddies before he went into the fucking meeting. Yeah. And they're all like, "Yeah, that's a great fucking idea, buddy. Yeah. Make sure you bring that up." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'll be great. It's his, it's his make first him look like an ass. It's his first day around the table. They're like He's like, guys, I'm really nervous. I'm supposed to like, oh, fuck, I forgot. I was supposed to like find out a way that we can send the U.S. government into Cuba to justify a war with them. Uh, quick, let's spitball some ideas. And he's like, <laughs> um, uh, snakes. snakes, lots of snakes. <laughs> snakes. You ever heard of lots snake? of snakes? It's like sounds a gunshot. Like, sounds like machine guns. Yeah, like a thousand. Nah, a hundred thousand. <laughs> You would think they're shooting guns. And he's like, this is gold. This is gold. Goes there, gets just shit on. Yeah, big time. Um, but it does kind of show the attitude that they that they had for this, this idea to try and overtake, you know, overthrow the government of Cuba. This was like their biggest, biggest thing. And this was really, they devoted a lot of resources and a lot of time uh all the all the 
intelligence services, DOD, CIA, um, probably FBI. No, I don't think the FBI was really in that. Well, they, they get into some even more scarier ones. There's ones where it's uh, we could develop a communist Cuban terror campaign in the Miami area, yeah. in other Florida cities, and even Washington. Now, I don't know what this is, but it says use of an MIG-type aircraft by U.S. pilots could provide additional provocation, harassment of civil air attacks on surface shipping, and destruction of U.S. military drone aircraft by MIG-type planes would be useful as complementary actions. So basically, they're talking about you know bombing on U.S. soils and doing terror attacks on U.S. soils. goes on to say, hijacking attempts against civil air and surface craft should appear to continue as harassing measures condoned by the government of Cuba. Uh, they said it is possible to create an incident which will demonstrate convincingly that the, a Cuban aircraft has attacked and shot down a chartered civil airliner en route from the United States. Uh, the destination would be chosen only to cause the flight plan to cross Cuba. The passengers could be a group of college students off on holiday. And basically, they were going to take an actual aircraft, make it a drone. They even talk about painting it, numbering it, to make it an exact exact duplicate of a civil registered Aircraft that belongs to a CIA, probably, uh, pro- um, some it. sort of shell organization, pro- <laughs> proprietary proprietary organization. That's the one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would, an actual air aircraft would be scheduled to allow a rendezvous in south of Florida. From the rendezvous point, the passenger carrying aircraft would descend to a minimum altitude and go directly to. Uh, an Air Force base where arrangements will have been made to evacuate the passengers and return the aircraft to its original status. The drone aircraft will continue to fly uh, the filed flight plan. When over Cuba, the drone will be transmitting on international distress frequency as May Day, a message stating it's under attack by Cuban MIG aircraft. The transmission will be interrupted by destruction of the aircraft uh, which will be triggered by a radio signal. Uh, radio signal. So the- now, now, seriously, like, how much of an asshole does Jeff feel like right now? <laughs> like, you better hope that he went before this guy. Because how do you follow that up? Like, this this shit is so thought thought out, and then this asshole wants to fucking yeah. place a thousand snakes around the camp. Well, I'm sure he had the logistics of getting all the snakes down. Like, I, I'm sure Jeff did a little bit of research on. He didn't just throw it out there. I'm sure he's like, look, Jesus. we'll take the snakes. We'll make sure that uh, we'll keep them cool so they'll be inactive. Like, we'll let them out during the night. Yeah. Like, they go out there, and then, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he had. Here's, here's the plan. We're going to put them in bags, and then we're going to hit them with sticks so they'll get really pissed <laughs> and make lots of sounds. Okay? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but Jeff, when they fall from the height of the plane, they're going to fucking die. They're like, Charles, what do you got? He's like, I'm thinking we get a drone aircraft painted exactly like this. <laughs> They're like, fucking Charles. <laughs> Charles. <laughs> Jeff's like, you guys told me you really liked my plan. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Jeff. <laughs> totally set up by Charles. They were like, yeah, they got in the academy at the same time, and this was the big test. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> go with the snakes. It's good. It's unique. Yeah, it's a great idea, man. <laughs> he's like, what are you going it's with? He's like, I don't know. Some, cost effective. Some, some airplane <laughs> shit. It uh, doesn't even matter now that you got that snake thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but Ooh. that's fucking crazy. Like they were straight up. My thing is, what arrangements were they gonna do with the passengers? So they were gonna blow up this plane, make it well known, and then they're like, "Oh, we'll make plans to evacuate the passengers." But I'm like, "Well, if it gets out that any of the passengers are alive, and this story gets out, like, game over on that one." Way to go, Charles. You didn't think that one through. <laughs> but I'm sure there was some other subplan in that where it's like, maybe we just don't swap the aircrafts. <laughs> yeah, a lot, I think a lot of these plans, I think the research that I did, a lot of these plans were never really, they, I mean, they never got off the ground. Most of these ones never even really got past even the planning phase or just like the, the you know, right at it, the, the, the ideal web. Like, I don't think any of them got past that stage. Nobody even got to a first draft of any of these good plans. Um, a lot of, the, a lot of the plans that have to do with blowing things up or, um, yeah, drone stuff or blowing up a ship or, uh, attacks on Guantanamo Bay. A lot of these plans came from the joint chiefs of staff. So these were all generals, uh, you know, colonels, all that stuff. This, these were their ideas. Like we're gonna, we gotta do it. Start a war like this. Um, because that's how you start a war by blowing things up. You know that's just the way they thought. But uh, there was another uh, another group, a uh, kind of think tank of uh, intelligence officers, uh, guys from. There was kind of they were called them like the Caribbean Survey Group, and these were uh, officials from CIA. Like they were from the CIA, DOD, USIA. Um, they all kind of came together in in one group, and they kind of had to put out more plausible plans. They're like, you guys are you guys are fucking warmongers like we don't need to blow anything up we don't need to do that we need to fuck with their minds we need to mess with their minds guys so their idea was they wanted to use the technique of uh cover and deception or c and d and cover and deception was basically going to be a, a gradual buildup of psychological harassment and it would produce an aura of fear of a u.s invasion <laughs> They wanted to op. Uh, they wanted to coincide the timing of their operations. Uh, they were going to do things like uh, kind of the stuff they do now when you do like large scale military operations, or you're doing um, uh, ex- uh, like naval exercises uh, that would look like a buildup for an invasion of Cuba. And they wanted to time a lot of these things during uh, like essential times or or uh, really important times with the the Cuban people. So for example, they wanted to um, do some during the peak of sugar harvest, which is from February to April. And that would uh, really disrupt uh, Fidel Castro's uh, call. If he put it out to the militia. So all the people who are out on their farms. He'd have to call the militia to all get ready. Cause they'd start thinking that all oh, the U S is getting ready to invade. We got to get all their stuff together. And they just, really just wanted to wear these people down. You know, they really wanted these people just to live in fear and just, they would feel that that would provide. Jeff, Jeff goes, you want fear, eh? You know what? <laughs> snakes. I'm telling snakes. you. <laughs> what if we drop a bunch of snakes? What, per, what causes more unrest than snakes? Yeah. Just drop tons Every, of snakes. I'm, I'm talking snakes everywhere. Every corner you turn, there's a snake. You ever been in a room wrong. with three rattlesnakes? Uh, that's my fucking nightmare. <laughs> that is my fucking nightmare. It would work. I'd be fucked. It shouldn't be, though. You're a mongoose. You should be fighting those snakes. That, yeah, you right. should love snakes. Yeah. Open the door. Snakes. 
Yeah. Open the cupboard and snakes. <laughs> right? Then we drop the plane tickets. Who who wants to stay in fucking Snakeville? No one. They're going to Mexico City. <laughs> get on the plane. Brilliant. Wait, wait, wait. They get on the plane. More snakes. We totally could have we could have sold this in 1962. <laughs> we could have sold the snake idea. Cuba would be a democratic government right now if ATT were running these <laughs> running Operation Northwoods. If we were running Operation Mongoose right now, uh, we'd have democratically elected government oh, in Cuba right now. Wait, we'd all be smoking Cuban yeah. cigars, and you wouldn't have to go. Mm. Oh well, you guys are in Canada. You guys can buy them. But Actually, you guys don't have no bargain. Oh yeah. You know what? I bet Jeff. I bet old Snake Jeff was. Uh, I bet he was the. You know, they're having this meeting, and I bet they laced his uh, cup with LSD. <laughs> right his cup was laced up and they're like well let's see what jeff comes up with we'll give him a low dose lsd he won't even know because they were doing that shit back then so oh hell yeah so maybe maybe it's not even jeff's fault he had such a stupid idea it's, well, what this is dumb i thought that we were on to something here. <laughs> i spat out oh, my water spat my water out <laughs> I mean, in Fucking in theory, in here. it's in theory it's good, but it's like getting the snakes to do what you want. That, that's a difficult thing. Like I said, throw them in a bag and hit them with a stick. <laughs> fucking solved. Rough them up a little bit before yeah. before you drop. But then you're still like dropping them all at once. I'm I'm saying they're. Are you parachuting them in, and then are you parachuting them individually to get a good spread yeah, of definitely. snakes? Definitely. Hmm, interesting. So, Dan, back to your psychological. <laughs> now that we've determined that snakes was a way better idea. <laughs> uh, no, that, that, was pretty much, that was pretty much it. Cover and deception was the idea to keep the Cuban people living in fear of a U.S. invasion and force Castro's hand. Kind of get them in the mind that we could get them in the mindset that the U.S. could invade at any time and he would make a mistake because that's what we wanted. Uh, United States wanted Fidel Castro to make a move, or at least if there was a move, um, be able to capitalize it and make it look like it was their fault. And we have to invade Cuba, um, even though we knew we had no real standing to to do that. We we didn't. There was no good justification to get in there, um, you know. But Fidel ended up making his move in October of 1962, and that's where the Cuban Missile Crisis comes in. So. <laughs> all all this planning all of uh jeff's snake plans went down the tubes um as soon as they got bombs the, well as soon as the cuban missile crisis came along and we realized well oh shit like we're uh fidel's playing in the big leagues we gotta we gotta do something about yeah. this yeah now that now they got nukes just a couple hundred miles offshore from the u.s i mean that plan went out the window mm-hmm. you know it could bung up you know it would bung up all the inner workings of those missiles let me guess. Hear me out. Snakes. Snakes. <laughs> Snakes. <laughs> they get in everywhere. Clog it up. They blow up right on the ships. <laughs> snakes so on the ship. We need, to, we need to design a tactical, a military tactical snake delivery system. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? Even though Jeff got fired from the CIA, he, uh, he went on to be a pretty good screenwriter from what I hear. <laughs> Worked with great names such as yeah. Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. In I think the two thousand six flick, uh, Snakes on a Plane. No, I think he. I no, I don't think he did that one. 
What's the one with him and Christy Ritchie? I think he did that one. Oh, Black Snake Moan. That Black Snake Moan, yes. Yeah, I've unfortunately seen that. <laughs> that movie have nothing to do with snakes. Uh, Dan, did you uh, read? Did you read the name? Yeah. <laughs> he went as long as you put it in the title. People love snakes. <laughs> so he had nothing to do with what was it? John Voight and Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube and Anaconda. No, that's no. one snake. He had nothing to do with Sir Mixalot's "Baby Got Back" song and the classic line, "My Anaconda don't want none." No, again, one snake. I think Jeff's more of a a, a lot of yeah, small nothing snakes to do yeah. to one really big snake. Yeah. The you know? Nicki Minaj song "Anaconda." No, zero. Mm. Again, one snake. If anything to do with like a ton of little, but he snakes, had everything to do with Black Snake Moan. Yeah, he wrote it. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I think so. I I, I mean. Hashtag look it up. I could be wrong. <laughs> he could have used a pseudonym. It. He was in the CIA. I, so I, I heard don't know. it from a friend of a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. Got, when I was good. researching this topic. We gotta get Jeff but, on the show. Yeah. We do. Well, he's tough. He's big time now. Is he still alive? Uh probably still. He's 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 old. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's an old guy, but he's still he's still kicking. Yeah, he's like 70, 75, 78 now, I think. <clears throat> He's um, a real young gun when he was in the CIA yeah. in the sixties. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, he yeah. was like he was like eighteen, bright, bright high, accelerated program. Yeah, coming up with fucking snakes idea. He was ahead, he, he was ahead of the time, really. Okay, let's bring it, let's bring it back. So Operation Northwoods is, is pretty much a, a well, it's it was a release document. It's about fifteen pages, the initial document, and I think they released more. It's like one hundred and ninety different pages of different types of plans. But it's pretty much for. They wanted to get the military. They wanted to go into Cuba, stage false flag, as has happened before throughout history. But why Why didn't it go through? From what I read, it, it got as high as JFK, and JFK was basically like, absolutely not. This, like, is, this, stupid. Is, this is stupid. We're not doing the snake thing. <laughs> Fire Jeff. <laughs> get him the fuck out of here. None I heard of this, that JFK like, really didn't like snakes. <laughs> But it, it it's crazy. Like, it, to me, the crazy part of this whole thing is that it got up to the president, and the president had to be the one that was like, "No, we're not. We're not fucking faking this shit just to justify going to war with another country." And like, had just had be, he been be. like, had he been like a different type of person, maybe a war president. Right, just look yeah. and said, you know. I what? mean, it Let's made him. It. He knew the choice made, was going to, and it did make him really unpopular with the military, uh, with the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Like they really didn't like him after he turned down all. Yeah, their- but that's okay. I- Nothing bad ever happened to him. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, right. Less- he was just assassinated. <laughs> no one, no one was happy with JFK's. Well, many things he did, but primarily one of the, like this one here, like not to take it, not to take action against like communist cuba and then just a little over a year later he is shot in the head and neck it's just to me it's like you look at these things and you look at the military trying to justify going into a country like this and then it gives credence to like you know you you see 9-11 and then was that a false flag used to justify going into the middle east right we've seen other acts designed for that just to go into the Middle East. So you're like, now you're starting to look at all these terror attacks and you're like, well, 
I would like to say that no one would ever do that, but that was one person away, one person away from saying yes, from Operation Northwoods happening. Yeah, but that that's that's a little bit different. That's like we're talking about we're talking about maybe some Cuban nationalists being injured, killed, as Still, opposed to your own. People how about this though? How about this? Slaughtered by the thousands. Yeah, but what what happens if a false flag goes through and the countries do go to war and how many like innocent civilians are killed? Not necessarily of the necessarily of the U.S. But of countries I mean, but that you they would, go into, you you would lose U.S. service members in the like the invasion effort. Like that, that was going to be, you know, yeah, but, were you willing to pay that price? Not only are you going to well, kill civilians, these, but you're also. Mo- it's not like we're going to be able to go in there. You can't nuke them. <laughs> yeah, but for the most part, like you're you're losing soldiers, which they're they're obviously fucking. You know what I mean? Prepared to do, which they have been prepared to. Oh, do. the people pushing the chess pieces who are making the decisions about war and where to invade. They like that's on their agenda. Like, okay, casualties. How many? Okay, two hundred U.S. men, twenty five thousand civilians, and other like from other country. So in nine in sixty two, you had this incident, right? That didn't go through. But just a couple couple of years later, after JFK was assassinated, and you know now we're in Vietnam, and they also have something called the Gulf of Tonkin, the USS Maddox incident, which is there was two incidences within a couple of days, and they're pretty much proven to be false, and that was the last push to get US into Southeast Asia to fight communism there. So what didn't directly, work on directly, what, directly, but what didn't work at like for Project North, Operation Northwoods seems to just re, like very quickly kind of the same thing happens in Asia as a false flag. And that led to how many deaths, like how many millions of fucking people died over there over cause a couple of false, you know, what seems like a harmless thing. No one really got killed in a false flag, but it leads to something that's just like just way, way, like way worse. So well, like, and, and like nowadays, I think with all the NSA spying on your cell phones and all that kind of stuff, not just, you know, you, you hear of, you know, we have all these terrible, like, you know, guy runs into his car, into the crowd or, um, all that kind of stuff in the name of Islam and weird stuff like that. Now I'm just going to take a sidestep in Canada. We had a really interesting case where these two people were radicalized um, they were radicalized by um, Islam like extremists. They were taught how to build bombs. Um, they were shown where to plant the bombs in Parliament, Victoria, uh, and they went ahead and planted those bombs and they were arrested by the RCMP. The only problem is these two people never once were talking to Islamic extremists. The whole time... They were talking to undercover RCMP. So they were essentially like pressured into doing these crimes, which they did. And I mean, they were fully prepared to go ahead with it. Yeah. And then, and then busted right before they did it. But, you know, had the RCMP not been involved, you know, would they have done it? And that raises a question. And that's kind of what I wonder with all these other ones. I'm like, how much of these ones are known? Like, I know they have all these things, keywords tapped and stuff like that. Even if they do one of those where they're like, we know this guy is going to run a car in to a crowd somewhere in whatever, wherever it happens. And they go, 
you know, but if we let it happen, it'll kind of give us more of a push to, to fight is extreme Islam extremists in the middle East. Well, yeah. Like, do they pull the, do they pull the trigger on stopping it or do they just kind of let it happen? And everyone like, Oh, there's no way we could have stopped it. Well, that's, that's like using opportunities for their own good. Yeah. That's like, I think Hillary Clinton was quoted on TV saying like, Oh, never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. You can use a crisis for so many different angles, depending on how you spin the news. Yeah. Right. And, and when all the news is fucking state owned, it's like, I yeah, it's, it's a lot easier for countries or, you know, it could be us might not be the only one that it could be. There's just the ones that we hear about, but it could be Soviet ones as well. You never know. Um, oh, I, without a doubt, man, without a doubt, it's going on all over the world. And without a doubt. It's a lot. It's easy to do stuff like if it's in the Middle East, it's easy to do that stuff in the Middle East just because it's so chaotic there. You know, there's no that place is like the Wild West. You have so many different factions that hate each other and it's easy just to set them off and just blame it on another sect, like another faction or religion or political party and they'll buy it. Mm -hmm. You know, someone will buy it. And getting us involved over there has been always been a stupid idea. It's never been a really great idea to get involved in the Middle East. And people just don't learn that lesson for it's been like a thousand years. <laughs> the religious the crusades wars never weren't go a good, good idea. Like none of it was know. a good idea. I just I, I've got a hard time believing with like a lot of these false flags like that. You know what I mean? That we they'd be capable of keeping shit under wraps for that long. Buddy, you know what I mean? With 9-11 especially. Like, they don't keep under wraps. It's just not, they don't, it's just not reported. They train, no, it, this stuff always comes to light. Be, it takes like 10, there, 15, there would be 20 years, but it comes irrefutable. out. There would be irrefutable evidence if something... Think about how many people would be involved in 9-11. Like, oh, they not this keep argument fucking, again. They, they couldn't even fucking keep Watergate the US, under wraps. The U.S. trained Al-Qaeda <laughs> forces before... 9/11. That was something else, though. That was that, that was, was for a different. That was for yeah. That's yeah. But those same forces then turned like they right, which oh, they've always so done, which has always been. We trained, we trained the Fidel Castro and like his his bunch. Yes, like we all we've but, always done that. The, the, is, or the United States has always been doing that. We've been doing. It, I we've literally been doing that since the end of World War Two. We've been training. Like we'll talk. I mean, we'll have to talk around Operation Gladio. Uh, yeah, that's coming yes. up and yeah. that's that's going to be a nasty one uh, that involves like the United States government or really like the CIA. Um, and it's like the CIA in all its glory when it was virtually unchecked by um, the CIA didn't really get reined in until like the 70s. And before the 70s, it was like the CIA could do whatever the fuck they wanted um, and get away with it, you know. And but they've been doing things like this, like training people. Well, not even just training people, but uh, I mean, in Europe alone, they took a bunch of XSS and all those guys and had them train, uh, you know, uh, radical political parties. Uh, you call them terrorists uh, in Italy and places that um, were going to be part of the Soviet Union or where there was a heavy communist presence. They always put people in there to. Mm-hmm train people but that's what i'm saying is like when you go like okay we're gonna train these extremist forces we're gonna meddle in it 
Then we're going to have an extremist attack in the U.S. where someone doesn't like that we're interfering. And then we go, oh, it's these damn extremists. He heavens, what are we to do but go and attack them now? It's like, yeah, but that's what you just – you we we were part of that cause from yeah. the beginning. Yep. Like it's just no. a vicious cycle. It's an, It's no – it's no – like everyone knows the United States economy is built on war, right? Yeah. Right? It's if there was no war in the United States, it would not be a superpower. It would be nothing like it is today. Let's just say that. So when you have these things, when the top like the top military officials are presenting this to government, like, we can do this and this to go to war, it's happening over and over again. And then Andrew just said, like, uh, nine eleven, like it would it would it would have to be like it would come out by now. But what about like before 9-11, what was it, uh, New American Project for the New American Century or whatever it is, was Dick Cheney and Rumsfeld and uh, Wolfowitz and like Jeb Bush and all these guys in 2000 before the election planned like pretty much, it was this has come out now, like everyone's, it's a lot of research on it, that they were going to take control of Iraqi oil, regardless if it was Saddam Hussein or not. This was done before 9-11 and then 9-11 happens and no matter what you think about 9-11, it was a conspiracy of some degree, whether it was enacted by the United States' own government or, or just or, or known. Or, yeah, it was known and and this let happen. That's what they're saying. Like, never let a good crisis go to waste. And, like, 9-11 happened, super tragic, tragic, thousands of people died, changed the entire world. But what it did do was exactly what they had written out the year before of what they wanted to do, and that's, you know have a presence in the Middle East and pretty much their 50-year war and control of oil and resources is pretty, like, it's not, it's not, un, like, out of the question that they plan this stuff to do it. So this, like, Operation Northwoods is just, like, one of the instance, instances where it didn't work and then it was made public and everyone I, knows about it. Now. I'm just saying that Operation Northwood went, uh, like, in front of a president who I think, you know, was very a very reasonable and rational person and he said no. And I don't think Operation Northwood is the worst thing to ever go across a president's desk by far. And just like think of the some of the people that have been in office and think about who's in office now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, where's the well, – you got to question the morals. Of, look at Gulf of Tonkin. Who was in charge for that? Fucking LBJ. Yeah. Of course. Immediately after of the course. assassination. Yeah, yeah. Going in fucking guns a blazing. What like he was quoted saying basically they'll do whatever fuck take whatever force necessary. Oh, it's to fucking get in there and fuck shit up. It's a and, giant and, chess game for for them. Moving pieces. Yeah. yeah. So what's the next attack? A Venezuelan attack on U.S. embassy. You know, some something's definitely happening in Venezuela. They got a, that's what the world's second largest oil reserve. Yeah, I don't. I don't know a lot about it, but I can guarantee you, it's got something to do with a little bit of oil, and a little oh, bit of freedom. Yeah, <laughs> freedom's coming their way. I think. <laughs> Sounds like they're in need of some freedom. <laughs> Liberate all that oil. Yeah. Well, I mean people. I mean people. Yeah. <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. False flags happen. Yeah, it's I. The weird thing is, is like that's not a, Northwoods is not a conspiracy. It was they had these plans. They were more than willing to go ahead with these, um, and they got they got nade at the highest level, which means they passed through eyes of tons of other people who probably could have shot it down before it got to the president, and didn't. Right. It was it was a president 
it was the pre- president elect approved program like operation to figure out a way to overthrow the Cuban government. And, you know, and, and it, maybe it just didn't get to the point where, you know, JFK is like, do you, you don't have anything better than this? Like, this yeah. is the best well, you could like, think of. Like, this exactly. is, I, we can't, we I, can't do that. It's, I personally think is. Jeff prevented this whole fucking incident. <laughs> he's like, we're not doing the fucking thing. I think snakes. he was going, he, he was going through everything <laughs> and you know, he's like, you know what? Some of this makes sense. And then he read snakes and he was like, what the fuck is going <laughs> You know what, though? It could have been an even more sinister thing where he looks at it and goes, oh, I think we can do better than this. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know why it got made, but it's it's just scary to think that those decisions come down to one person. And if those one person, you know, has the wrong people backing and putting pressure, you don't know what that decision was going to be. Yeah. So it's, it, I just think it's a, it's a scary thing to think that those kind of decisions even come across people's desks. So they're, they're out there. It's, 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 uh, it's a scary thought. I would, in our lifetime, I'm not going to, like it's going to happen. There's going to be stuff that's declassified about nine 11 that is going to make you be like, Oh, Oh shit. Oh, yeah, they, they knew we were right all along. May not, it may not be that. Yeah. They blew up their own buildings or whatever, but they knew what was happening and they made all the necessary steps to let it happen in order to use the event for their own gain, really. I, and that's in our lifetime. I think it will come out. Obviously, right now is a lot. A lot of people say yay, nay. Don't really know, but yeah, after 25, 30, 40, 50 it'll years, probably, it'll, yeah, it'll probably happen after all the big players who made a shitload of money are dead. Yeah, like that's when it'll come out. That's what I it think. doesn't matter anymore. No, or, yeah, no. People, that, people just forget, and they're like, oh, they did. Oh man, we knew it. Those conspiracy guys, they fucking told us right on September twelfth exactly what happened, and then. 50 years later, we're like, ah, goddamn, they're right. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm on, you know, I would be on board with saying something. I, I don't I don't rule it out that they knew something and then they knew it was coming. Or there's a good chance it's going to happen. And it's like, let's wait and see what happens. Yeah. You know, and this could this could let us go back into the Middle East for a good a, a, air quotes. Good, good reason. A lifetime too. I go there for a lifetime. Yeah, I've been there forever. God, it's the longest war. Twenty years now. Yeah, yeah, almost twenty. Something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyways, that's that's all I got about Operation Northwoods and false flags happen. Go hashtag look them up. Yeah, they are they are a real thing. They have been happening. Yeah, let's, a long time. Let's wrap this one up. Um, let's get into some five star reviews. Yeah, people oh. saying nice things. Oh man, we got a ton of nice things being said about us. Um, awesome sauce by Seth VT 2000 from the USA five-star review. These guys are entertaining and bring up some great points and topics. It's fun to crush beers and listen to the boys rant and rave. Thanks to Dan for actually doing a little homework now and again. <laughs> also, what happened to crazy Aussie Byron? Keep it up fellas and get that randomatron updated. Keep those eyes on the skies. Nope. I got uh, casual conversations about aliens uh, from Five Star Review from Humanismu. Uh, it always feels like you're part of a conversation at 3 a.m. after the party's over and just a few drunken alien theorists are left on the couch. Their accents <laughs> add a little pepper on top. Living in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle, I definitely plan on seeing them when they tour. 
They already feel like old friends. Thanks for keeping my commute entertaining and interesting. Awesome. Let's go into some loving it. Five stars by IC UFOs from Australia. Hey guys, I may loving the podcast and started listening from 90 to 80, but now have gone to the start. So funny to see the evolution of certain things like space news. Anyway, <laughs> I love the name and know exactly the wacky doctor who said alien theorists theorizing. So very funny. And I was very surprised to hear you all don't believe, but rather want to believe in aliens. No, we believe. I, mean, <laughs> I believe. I believe in a lot of stuff. I believe. I just re- I really want to see one. Yeah, I want know? to see one too. I've believed, but sadly haven't seen any evidence. But I got a tattoo of an alien on my leg, pre-X-Files, in the early 90s uh, when I was backpacking. So many people would come up to say... I wouldn't say this normally to people, but I'll tell you because of your tattoo. As a result, I've heard some incredible stories over the years. Anyways, keep up the great stuff. I hope you make it to Oz sometime and we can look into some Aussie conspiracies. Cheers, Leon. P.S. I want to get the car number plate. I see UFOs. You could design a t-shirt of that. Oh, thanks, uh, Leon. Uh, what is Ryan, you got one? Queued I'll up do, on Facebook? I'll do one from Facebook. Yeah. Let's do from Kai Bauer. Five stars. Started started to back the podcast on Patreon, and I absolutely love the bonus content. My, only, com- my only complaint is Andrew <laughs> should stop moving away from his mic when he talks. <laughs> Andrew. Motherfucker. Andrew, God damn it. Get your shit together. That's the first I fucking heard that. I don't know. Usually people want to hear less of me, so I'm surprised. <laughs> it's sometimes hard to hear him when he's telling great stories. He apologizes. You should be sorry. I'm I'm a hand talker, so shit's, shit gets going. <laughs> yeah, when the, when the show goes live, you'll be able to really see him. Really get the full. Oh, That's when bad. he will shine. <laughs> um, other than that, it's perfect for car rides, work, slash school. If there are any Trojans out there listening, hashtag fight on. What are Trojans? Must be a college team or something. A college team. USC. Uh, Could be USC. USC. Uh, Anyways, that's uh, probably a couple. Let's cap the reviews for this week. There was so there was. I can't find. I was looking for one. Someone had done a great one. They were did a review, but they only reviewed our uh, Dungeons and Dragons episode. It's like, will I ever find out if Zelarius ruins the quest with another fireball? <laughs> it's like, well, will Androcles ever find a weapon that works? <laughs> will Fjord ever find balance? Well, that's fucking um, I, can't, I hope we do that again soon. That was a blast. Yeah, no, we will, we will, we'll line one up on a time. Uh, as for Patreon, if you're not on our Patreon, we're a grassroots podcast. We don't do ads. We we could do ads, but we hate it. We'd rather uh, we'd rather you know keep it all built by the fans. So it really helps. Uh, anything helps. We have a ton of additional content now. You know, when we first started it, probably not worth it. Now, 100% worth it. Uh, we got tons of stuff. We got um, case files that by the Gruesome Twosome, Dan and I. We've got uh, case files we do, Patreon exclusive. We got additional content. We've got our new radio show, X Plus One, coming out uh, where we take old-timey radio stories and 
do the voices. Butcher That's them. pretty fun. Butcher them. We we butcher the voices. <laughs> I thought we did pretty good. We did that in I've, one I've, take. That was pretty good. One take. I'm not gonna lie. X it was actually one. pretty fucking awesome. Yes. I'm not gonna lie. Was it? Yeah. It was. It was great. I've been listening. So I've that's been coming editing out. It. Ton of I stuff. I had to audition for that. Yeah, yeah you did. did. So, yeah. We We're gonna him. add it to your IMDb. <laughs> Good. So get on our Patreon if you're not already, and cheers to these people who have got on so far in March. Uh, Eddie Radcliffe, Eric Meza, Rebel Lee, Christina Rogers, Sophie Watson. Um. Eliza Agrant Jr. Need it, gotta have it, ATT Podcast. Thank you. Uh, Droid Boys, Gary Smith. Uh, Nathan Hickey. Alex Finley. Moan it, Jackie. What is that? It says in brackets. Like, did he want me to... Oh, we read that one last time when you weren't here. Oh, did I, we? I, didn't, oh. I didn't know that either. I was like, I didn't get the joke. It must be a reference to something. I wonder if... I wonder if Jackie wants us to moan Alex Finley. Oh. Anyways, those are our Patreon supporters so far. Thanks, guys. Word. It really helps. Got a Zell's Prolapser of the Week. Giving it to at Blair underscore Bat. She's been doing live streams of our when listening to our podcast and doing live art. Oh, it's awesome. On Twitch. Oh, that's right. Done it two weeks in a row. So you we'll put put a link on our Twitter and Facebook, but hers uh what is it? Yeah, at Blair underscore bat on Twitter or blairbat.weebly.com. And she's doing yeah, live streams of her podcast and drawing aliens and super cool. She's a fucking great artist, so that was prolapse of the week. Oh, I got some new I got some new music this week. Ooh, new tunes. New tunes. It's from uh, another band here from Kelowna slash, well, they're Kelowna slash Vancouver. They go back and forth, but they were on the podcast before called The Carbons, and the guy's got a new song out called Black Mirror. So it's out, out right now, so go check it out on Spotify, Apple, any streaming service, really. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug the song here at the end, Black Mirror. It's cool, like groove rock. Tune. Perfect. Um, don't forget, keep an eye on our social media for alien con updates. We're going, we want to see you there. And as we always say at the end of these, keep those eyes on the skies. <laughs> <laughs>